Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. Jeremiah 7, are you there? Let me just read it to you to start out okay. I want to read it in the Passion, the message from God to Jeremiah. What was Jeremiah? He's the one that's, that God told him not to look at their faces. So does that tell you a little bit about Jeremiah? I, I figure he was an introvert, right? Come on, introverts, unite with me for a moment, you know. Right? Because, you know, you're not, you know, you'd just soon be up here with a bag over your head or something, right? You know, it wasn't necessarily what you woke up one day and said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a public speaker, right? But God doesn't really care what we thought we were going to be. He just cares what he made us to be. So his anointing, and Cece can speak to this, his anointing, when his anointing comes upon you, you don't remember who you are anymore, right? So... This is Jeremiah, the message from God to Jeremiah. Stand in the gate of God's temple and preach this message. So what have we been talking about? We've been talking about the watchmen. Where are the watchmen positioned? On the wall. Where's the wall? That's right. It's around the city where the temple resides within the city, right? And so I don't know if you've noticed, but... When God speaks a word to us, he begins to illuminate the things in our own lives that he wants to adjust to line up with the word. Have you noticed that? Do you enjoy that or no? (laughs) How many enjoy it in the moment? Like in the moment. Oh, see, there's no hands on that one. You know, what What has happened to us is that we develop some definitions of measurement that were not from God. And so then we, we always want to present ourselves in the perfect package, and He wants us to present ourselves as something that needs adjusting. You know, God... God said it was finished two times in the Bible. The first time was when he made creation, right? He basically said, it's done, it's good, right? And and so he made that for us. He made the earth for us. I cannot tell you how many people I've heard recently, like just friends and stuff, they're just like, they're just done with this life. And I mean, I just feel like that just grieves the heart of God. That just think about something. Have you ever made anything? Anybody ever made anything? Anybody ever made any kids? Um, anybody made anything else? How do you feel about it? Are you just like, oh, man, this is poo-poo? No, you're like, man, I made this. Like, I mean, if you've had kids, you're like, man, we made these things, right? We made these humans. It's kind of weird, isn't it, when you see, oh, my gosh, Right? How they even got made is another thing I could talk about. But anyway, let's don't. But anyway, they just got made, and here they are. And then they begin to express themselves. And then we have to decide how to shape that, right? Let me just give a little plug for parenting. I've, ha- I've done lots of spiritual parenting in my life. And um, God's design for parents is to shape the child in the way that God intended the child to go. Not in the way that some three-year-old, four-year-old, 10-year-old decides they should go, 
right? And as, you know, my parents did a really good, my mom especially did a really good job with this because I was the opposite of my mom. And so my mom was an introvert. I was an extrovert, but she always breathed on the thing in me that she knew was God. Now she's called me an extreme risk taker. I don't even feel like I was, but compared to her, what she has done, what she would have done, but she didn't make, she didn't allow her own personality to shape me. She shaped me according to my God design. And that's what parenting should do. That's the only reason to be a parent is to shape a nation. (laughs) Your little, your little unit's a nation, right? Now, right now, some of y'all got triggered because you got some kids and they're not serving God right now. And and so, you know, you may be triggered right now. So let me just help you. Let me just pray. Just close your eyes if you're triggered. You just pop up right now. Just release your power of grace to see those children through the eyes that they're your kids first. So don't be triggered, okay? Because you're not going to hear anything I say, okay? Good. Are y'all good now? Phil's saying yes, and he doesn't even have any kids. (laughs) <laughs> He's like, yes, yes, Tisa. <laughs> Phil, you pray for him. So here we are, Jeremiah. One of the things I love about God that I've come to discover is that he has a way. And one of the things I want to do personally with my life, I want to adjust all my ways to be his way. That is really his own desire. And see, because the enemy is strategic, he tries to get you to shape your life according to the enemy's desire. But God's unrelenting. As we'll read here in Jeremiah, he continually pursues you with truth. You know what? What happens to most of us, because everyone on the planet, some other human hurt you. Some other human didn't get you, didn't understand you, misunderstand you, misspoke for you. Some people abused you. But see, that was never God. And see, God's desire for humanity is to let him embed his ways within. So think, when when God came into our lives, we, we let him in, right? Did y'all remember that day? No, Nobody held a gun to your head, right? You just said, come in. In that moment, he began to remodel. You know, we, we just bought a house and the people lived in, had moved away. So the house was empty and they lived in New Jersey, New York, wherever. And I got it confused all the time. They made fun of me. But anyway, they didn't live here. And so we were going to close on Thursday. So everybody came over. We packed up the bus, right? Had it all. And then... We didn't close Thursday. And so we talked them into letting us move in. And they they we they were like, okay, they can move in, but they can't change anything. Which that makes sense because we didn't own it yet, right? And it was three days before we owned owned it. Right? It's much like a resurrection. But anyway, it was three days. And so during that time, all we could do was look around at the brown. And and all we could do is look at everything we wanted to change and we could do nothing. And see, that's a metaphor, if you didn't know. So come over here to the spiritual metaphor. So God moved in. 
Now, Paul demonstrated that transformation should take three days. But I propose to you that when God moves in, we don't actually fully give him control of everything because we kind of establish some little G's around, right? We, you know what I'm saying? So that's, this is what Jeremiah's going to talk about. You ready? This is a metaphor. Don't get messed up. I'm trying to help you. How many can do metaphors with me today? Great. I didn't even look, so in case you didn't raise your hand. Because I don't know if you know this, but in every audience, there's the non-participators. It's okay. Don't be, take it personal. Don't take it personal, okay? Say, this is what he said, listen, all you people who've come through these gates to worship God, God of the angel armies, Israel's God, has this to say to you. Clean up your act, the way you live, the things you do, so I can make my home with you in this place. Now, Jeremiah was talking about a physical temple. Guess what? You're the temple now. So don't get distraught because this is the journey of humanity. Is that stand over the gate of your life right now. We're going to talk about this temple and it's going to be fun. But you're just coming up to the gate. You just left your little wall that you got all established. It's all good. It's been rebuilt. And you got all, remember, we have all the stations of everything's covered. The intercessors are covered. Everything's covered, right? You've been working on that, right? Everybody's got it good. Everybody's good, right? I heard some stories in the contrary to that yesterday. But that's okay. I want to talk to you like everybody's golden there, right? So I'm at the gate now. I'm about to go in the temple. And I'm looking at the temple, and I'm. this is the description of what's going on, right? It says, don't, because he's wanting to make a home, right? right? Don't for a minute believe the lies spoken here. This is God's temple. God's temple. Wait, God's temple. Says it three times right there. Total nonsense. Only if you clean up your act, the way you live, the things you do. He keeps repeating it. The way you live, the things you do. The way you live, the way you act, the things you do. Why? Because those are the things. Right? You don't have to. I propose that you might skim on into heaven like a second base. Slide in. But God said Jesus is coming back on his white horse with his reward in his hand for those who have done the things like Jesus did. This life is supposed to be lived to get the reward in eternity. But the motive of my life can't be to get the reward in eternity. The motive of my life is because he went first. I am first loved. I am loved, 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 loved. There isn't anything anyone has ever done to me that compares to his love. I am so loved. Lynn preached about it on Wednesday night about love, right? So when he's saying, you might want to clean that up, you should say, thank you for telling me. I like Lynn. Remember, she learned it in jail. Thank you. I'll correct that. Why? Because when you're in jail, they're not asking you. Right? See, this is a free life. Jesus said, right, John 15, I've come 
Let's look at just. I gotta read you one line out because I pulled it out. John fifteen. It says that you're in the vine, right? He says, "When you live separated from me, you're powerless." Have you ever felt the powerlessness? Have you actually ever known God and then felt powerless? Right? This is why. I know about him. I'm not abiding in him, in him and me. There's a difference between when you abide with somebody. You know, we created these ministry houses around here. And so, you know, I've got, I live with seven people. And why? Because there's something about abiding. There's something about abiding. Oh my gosh, it stretches everything in you. And people don't like the heat the same temperature, right? People don't want the pool the same temperature. Cece and I did this thing. We've been reading this thing about how if you get in the hot tub and you get 102 degrees and then you go jump in the pool, which is not 102 degrees right now. It's like 50. And then you go run, get back in the hot tub. So we did that this week just to see what happened. It was a really cool gig. I mean, I'm telling you, the water in the pool was so cold, I went, <gasps> I totally took my breath away. Because why? I was 102 degrees. I don't know if you know this, but that's not my normal body temperature. <laughs> Cleared up our sinuses. We were like, man, this is like, this is free water right here. Right? If I abide in something, I'm fully submersed. I become like, I became 102 degrees. I didn't have to run around in the hot tub to get 102 degrees. It was. It was. It already carried with it the thing I was looking for. It was abiding in it gives to me. I take on the nature of what I'm around. And so when I go back to the world, it should take my, it should be like, ooh. When I go back to control, oh, when I go back to, oh, well, I'm just a stupid idiot. Oh. All of that should be like, no. Tracy was telling us last night that there were some people that came up and got prayer at prayer. <laughs> That's what prayer is about, I guess. And, uh, and I'm just being silly. And uh, we're a full service people, you know, whatever. If you need a drive through we got that. <laughs> if you want to come in and have a 12-course meal, I got that too. But... She said that that the first thing she heard was, um, I'm a stiff neck fool. Now, I could not quit laughing at when she told me that dinner last night. I I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed because anybody knows Tracy knows. But that that is what, that's how the enemy works. See, in that one little moment, she was like, I wonder if that's me. Where I know that's not her. I know it's not her more than she knows it's not her. Why? Because I've, I've, uh, I've abided longer. In the abiding, he's telling me who I am all the time. Without him, separated from them, I am so powerless. Back to our story. That was just a free commercial for you. In the Message Bible, there's no verses, so I'm somewhere around the total nonsense. <laughs> only if you clean up your act, the way you live, the things you do, only if you do a total spring cleaning, 
on the way you live and treat your neighbors, only if you quit exploiting the street people, the orphans, the widows, no longer taking advantages of in innocent people on the very site, and no longer destroying your souls by using this temple as a front for other gods. Now, all you rescuers are going to now think that, you know, we've gone into homeless ministry, and I, I'm not, I'm just saying, stay with me. This is a metaphor for what we're talking about right now. As watchmen, you know, think about this for a second, that Bill mentioned this in his sermon, that David was a man of war by God's design. He was a man of bloodshed. And then God came to him and said, you can't build the temple because you're a man of bloodshed. Now, we as humans look at that and go, well, how mean? Mention the one thing you told me and called me to do. You called me to be a man of war and just mention that God and say, well, that's the reason you can't build a temple. That's not what, and if you heard Bill, that's not what he was meaning. But contrast that. David fought over 66 or so wars. Who knows how many? And probably more than we knew. His son Solomon, how many wars did he do? How'd you know that, man? Man of God right there. Zero. Zero. And it says he did not fight a battle because of his wisdom. That makes me want to run read Proverbs. Do, do, do you? So see... The man of war couldn't build the temple. The man of wisdom built it. Who do you want to be? Yep. You can be a man of war too. Right? But see, when God comes on the scene, he reworks. See, that's why Jesus entered into the world. That's why salvation keeps unfolding for you. You maybe used to be a man of war in your carnal life. Right? In my, when I need my way. I propose that every single fight's about fear, but, you know, that you can take that on down the road yourself. Just keep going. No longer destroying your souls using this temple for a front for other gods. Only then, what does an only then mean? If you cleaned it up, right? I'll move into your neighborhood. Now, let's take this metaphor. Remember what I said a few weeks ago? Weeks ago, A lot of us can believe for God to change us. Some of us can still, but I hope you're getting there. And some of us can believe, okay, he could change my marriage. He could change my kids. Do you believe he'll change your neighborhood? This is the beginning of the greatest harvest right here. Where me, at my own gate, at my own temple gate, I'm making sure true, authentic, pure worship happens on the other side of the gate. Because I'm guaranteed he'll be there. Wow. Wow. Oh, I don't know if you're getting it. I'll move into your neighborhood. Only then will this country I gave you be my permanent home. What country you live in? Listen, are you focused more on how God's bringing down the system. Think about it. If you were in charge somewhere and you were coming down, would you squawk and scream? If you're the counterfeit, it's just an indicator. Listen, God is raising up a powerful army 
you're part of it that is not moved or distracted by what's going on in the world. In fact, it becomes an indicator of the counterfeit. Right or no? And so you should want to go to work for somebody that's not a Christian. You should want to go to work someplace that needs some sort of prophetic move of God. That's been a little dormant, a little dusty for a long time. You should have influence there. God wants you to have influence. God wants you to have favor. It depends on if you have the courage. And see, we just prayed. I set you up. We just prayed for the nations. Give me the nations. Give me. When you ask God for something, he's like, absolutely. Been waiting for you to ask me. Your nation is right now is probably where you work. Maybe at home. Ask him. I want. What do you want there? You know, part of what we're going to do on this in the on that first Sunday of December is we're going to write prophetic words about what you think one life should be in December of 2023. Wow. Twelve months for you to work with me to transform an area, a neighborhood, a city, a state. You have to do it by transforming where you go every day. It's not some magical thing that we're going to pray and then. Manna from heaven is just going to fall down at your work. I mean, maybe that's what you want. I don't know. But uh, it's going to be hearts. Moving on, verse 8. Get smart. Your leaders are handing you a pack of lies and you're swallowing them up. Use your head. Don't you like this? Do you think you can rob and murder and have sex with the neighborhood wives and tell lies nonstop, worship local gods, even buy a novel religious commodity on the market, and then march into this temple and say, "Set apart for my work." I'm set apart for my worship. We're safe. I love in the in the um, I think it's in the I think it's in the voice. Anyway, it basically says, uh, "I'll read it in a minute." Yeah, here it is, verse four. Don't rely on misguided words. The temple of the eternal, the temple of the eternal, the temple of the eternal, as if the temple's presence alone will protect you. What is that saying? It's saying in name only. Listen, I'm a presence person. You have to be in his presence outside this little hour of presence. You have to be in his presence somewhere else besides here. Otherwise, you're just in name only. I know about him. No, he has got to saturate everything about you. He's got to be involved in your decisions, in your ways, in your thoughts. You can't think outside him. His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts, but they're supposed to be. He wants them to. He wants his ways to be your ways naturally. He wanted to have a people he could write on their hearts. He could embed their laws, in, his laws in their hearts. That's his desire. Let's don't change God. Let's don't say, hey, I want all the cool stuff. When I see people who are sick, when someone's at work sitting right beside me and they've got a horrible cold or they broke their leg or something, and I'm just like, oh, okay, I'll pray for you. Really? Listen, he wants to infiltrate us to give us courage. Yeah. 
To what? To transform something. Don't you see God? He wants to be God. I just hate this when we try to make God be something less than God. Like, why? He wants to be God. He's powerful. He made everything. He gave everything a purpose. He breathed his anointing on everything, right? His presence is available. It's, it's what we sang about today. It's a wind. It's pneuma. It's, that's him right there. I just breathed in his presence. Right? Your lungs are filled with it. Yes. You can't do anything outside of breathing. I don't, I've tried. <laughs> have you ever held your breath for a little bit? Right? You know, when I have anxiety, I can't take a deep breath. Right? What does that tell me? It tells me it's fear. Right? We went through a whole thing, what, two summers ago? All about detoxing our soul with Carolyn Leaf, right? So here we are. We have to practice these things we learned. We act like we should get to do anything we want, any way we want it, and not have to manage nothing. We do that physically, right? We do it spiritually. Back to our... Get smart. Your leaders are handing you pack of lies. All that's what we were saying, right? <clears throat> are you thinking that the temple is a place that gives you a license to go on with all this outrageous, outrageous sacrilege, a cave full of criminals? Do you think you can turn this temple set apart from my worship into something like that? Well, think again. I've got my eyes. I've got eyes in my head. I can see what's going on. That's what God says. So this is really cool. I don't know. I love this story. You can go and read the rest of it. But Jeremiah is actually expressing God's heart over us today. The difference maker is that we have Jesus and the Holy Spirit, right? And they, it's not like Jesus and the Holy Spirit didn't have a role then. But when, when God said it is finished with creation, He also said it is finished on the cross, didn't he? Two times God said it's finished. And what did he do? In creation, he sat down, the father sat down, and it says he rested. What was he resting? He wasn't saying, I'm done forever, not doing nothing else. He was so satisfied. So satisfied with what he made, right? Then when Jesus came, what did he do too? It says he sat down, all the sitting down in the Godhead. What are they? It's not inactivity. Just like if I tell you learn how to rest, it's not a nap. It is saying, I accomplished what now will give humanity the ability to function. I made a globe with these beautiful things, and I made salvation. Why? Why did we need salvation? Why did we need salvation? Yes, to return back, yeah. to be like this. Yeah. Sin did like this, and we were like, oh, I can't get, get oh, I can't get to, right? <laughs> Jesus broke that, Psh, I'm right back. <laughs> so now I get to stand at the gate of my own temple. Listen, I'm going to tell you all these great things about your temple, okay? But first off, you got to realize, hey, is there anything going on? And see... That's why Solomon. Yes, sorry. 
She said that was an interesting question. Wow. Siri's on it today. Huh? What was I saying? Yes. So I get to stand at the gate and, and with the Holy Spirit. See, that's the difference. When I have the Holy Spirit, he's the one cleaning house. He's the one saying, I don't know if you know this, but that thing you've been saying about yourself, that's desecrating the temple. You're cursing your own temple. And then at the same time, you're asking God's presence to come and anoint you to heal. James ought not be. Ought not be. So I have to first change. That's what I'm doing. I'm changing my ways. I need to love what he made. I don't know how many times I need to say this. I still hear y'all do it. You're saying, I don't know. I think you're saying things about yourself, hoping the person you're saying it to will say, no, baby, that ain't true. You're amazing. But you've got to start here. Managing your own hearts and thoughts says, hey, God made something amazing. You know, one of the things that we do is wherever, especially in parenting, wherever we've been injured, then I make sure I protect that injury by doing the complete opposite over here. That's how you get permissive parenting. And that's how the kid becomes the CEO of the whole family. Someone can tell you a really good story about that. And so then all of a sudden, the thing I'm supposed to be shaping shapes me, shapes my decisions. I have, I have done so much parenting classes, parenting counseling, and I, this, somebody told me one time, well, I've just decided to let my person, I'm not going to even say it was a son and daughter, they're not even here, I'm going to let my person decide what they're going to pick in life. And I said, that's just so dangerous. But at the same token, I can't be a religious person. Anybody, was anybody raised by religion in here? Oh, bless your hearts. Me too. And so what does religion do? <laughs> sure. Squish, squish, squish. It just basically squishes, 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 right? <laughs> so then what's the pendulum swing from the squishy? Willy-nilly. Nobody's going to control this, baby. Why does anybody have any rule? I can't get any rules on me. I should be free. God says free. Who the Spirit says free is free indeed. Because the religious spirit always has a scripture to quote. Embed your laws in my heart. What is God's laws on all those things that you just swung the pendulum all over the place? Let's get back to center. Let's get back to balance. Let's get back to the way that God really assigned it. And if we don't redo these definitions, if we don't do that, we'll just be all willy-nilly like you just said. Let's read a couple more scriptures, shall we? I love in Acts 17 is this story about Paul. It's really good. Y'all should read the whole thing. Um, But I'm going to jump way down to Paul went on a little diatribe. And in verse 22, it says, Paul stood in the middle of the leadership council and he started his little message, respected leaders of Athens. It is clear to me how extravagant you are in your worship of idols. For as I walk through your city, this is in the Passion, I was captivated by the many shrines and objects of worship. What am I talking about in Jeremiah? I'm talking about truly worship. Right? Yeah. 
I, I propose we sometimes worship our injuries a little more. You know, God, here's the way I see inner healing is you need it. But the truth that he gives you on it is meant to be applied to a lot more places. And if I actually confirm this truth as truth to me, I establish it as a bedrock, as a foundation. A lot of stuff gets resolved in that truth. Isn't it true? It doesn't mean that other stuff might not pop up. Go back. Does that? I think that fits on that same rock. You know, Cece has just been so vulnerable and lived her life of healing right out in front of us. Wouldn't you agree? And so her injury happened when she was six years old. And it was the first time I proposed. It's the first time. She didn't know because, you know, she was raised by an atheist. And I don't know if you know this, but atheists, they don't believe in God. Did y'all know that? And then she also, her mom had the religious spirit. So think about that thing in the house. And see, that's the one thing that happens when parents don't agree is it pulls apart the child. Yeah. So that's where she, where I found her. She had been pulled into this thinness. She, she didn't, wasn't doing anything she's doing now. Why? Because she was living by rules that were created by that device's unity. So her dad said to her, you're ungrateful one time. So she has lived her life to make sure that she was grateful. How many can you even imagine? I mean, just the thought of Cece being ungrateful doesn't even fit in my universe, right? So, what, But what was she doing? She's living to counteract what was said to her. Don't do this. The other thing she was told was, you're wrong about everything. You're wrong about how you write. You're wrong about how you look. You're wrong about this. You're wrong about everything. Everything about you is wrong. Now, see, all of that needed inner healing. But listen... It doesn't constantly need inner healing. Now the process is living out of the healing that I've already been provided for. That's hard. Depending on how long, 40, how long, some of y'all got it 20 years younger than her, right? However long you lived with that lie, how many buildings you erected around the lie, then when God comes to break you out, you're going to have to walk right through that door. That door of smallness. That door of, I'm scared to get death to take a risk. I, I don't, I'm scared to death to do this. I'm scared to death to do that. I don't know what that looks like. I don't, that, that's all those doors. But see, they're in your temple. And God came in and said, I don't need any of this. I need none of this to be God. Absolutely none of it. In fact, they're crowding me. Wow. Yeah, there it is. He does, right? He wants room. So anyway, this is Paul. He's, he's still talking. I walked through the city, right? I even found an inscription to the unknown God. I have come this day to introduce you to the God whom you worship without knowing anything about him. The true God is the creator of all things. He is the owner and Lord of the heavenly realm and the earthly realm, and he doesn't live in man-made temples. He supplies life and breath and all things to every living being. He doesn't lack a thing that we mortals could supply for him, for he has all things and everything he needs. From one man, Adam, 
He made every man and woman and every race of humanity. And he spreads us all over the earth. He sets the boundaries of people and nations determining their appointed times in history. He has done this so that every person would long for God, feel their way to God, find God, for he is the God who is easy to discover. It is through him that we live and we function and we have our identity. Just as your own poets have said, our lineage comes from him. And so since our lineage can be traced back to God, how could we even think that the divine image could be compared to something made of gold, something made of silver or stone, sculpted by man's artwork and clever imagination? In the past, God tolerated our ignorance of these things, but now the time of deception has passed away. He commands, turn to your neighbor and say, this is a command. Us all to repent and turn to God. For the appointed day has risen in which he is going to judge the world in righteousness by the man he has designated. Did you hear that? And the proof given to the world that God has chosen this man is this. He resurrected him from the dead. That ends Paul's little diatribe. And then it says, the moment they heard Paul, bring up the topic of resurrection. Some of them ridiculed him, got up and left, and others said, ah, we'll just hear about that again later. What do you think about that? So here's Paul. What is he doing? He's saying, I'm introducing you to somebody you're trying to worship. You bought some houses and some cars. You, may, you got you a degree, you got you a job. You did some stuff to establish who you were. That's what they were doing. I got an idol over here. I got some over here I worship. And he says, let me introduce you to something. God is not in all of those degrees and cars and houses and stuff we're trying to attain. He has come to live in the hearts of men and women. He has come not to live in a building, not to have an event on Sunday, but he has come to have a partnership of ownership. He began a good work. It's the one thing God has not rested on is the work that he is doing in you. He began it. He's the author and the finisher. You're the participant. And he wants to come in and he wants to say, I know you told me I could live here. But you haven't given me full ownership. You've been holding back a couple of little trinket gods. You've been holding back a couple of little ways you feel about yourself. You've been holding back a couple of things that you want to do. You don't want to be inconvenienced. You don't want to take up more time. You don't want to, that, all of that. And he said, this God, he's got to have it all. Look at the gate of the temple we're about to go in and explore. And ask him today. I'm going to take a minute to pray over us, but ask him right now. Let's just close our eyes and let's just say, hey, God, <laughs> oh, I so want you 
to be Lord. I so want you to show me. I don't even know if I can see all these ways that I've just erected things. I've, I've, I've actually established some things to protect myself. I've actually established some, some ways that were not you. And so right now, I just want us to take a minute and think. These people left this speech because he talked of resurrection. And that's what God is trying to do in us. He's bringing his power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead into this room right now. And he is saying, I want to resurrect you. I want to resurrect you. In fact, your resurrection will be proof to people that I'm God. Your resurrection will be proof that I've started something. He's not at rest. He's not done with you. He's not done with what he's doing in you. He's not done with what he wants to change in you. He said that I am still working together a plan. And he says, I work all things together for good. So just be willing to give to him the surplus of your little G's. Just begin to say, hey, I don't even know how I got here. I just, I was just trying to live. I was just trying to eat. I was just trying to make my way. But he says, today is a new day. Today is a day that when we go into this next season of learning, what does it really mean to be a temple? What does it really mean to be a temple? What does it really mean? You are the temple. God made humanity to house his presence. It's no longer some hope of some king to build a place that looks beautiful. It's you. You are the thing. He is trying to reconstruct everything in you to make room for his presence. And so we just say to you today, Papa, come in today. Come in in a new way in our heart and lives. Come in. We take this story and and we just transform it into our own story. You are this resurrecting spirit. I want to end with this last scripture. It says, now Christ lives his life in you. When the spirit of Christ empowers your life, you're not dominated by the flesh, but by the spirit. And you are not joined to the spirit and and you are not joined to the spirit of the anointed one. You are not of him if your life is dominated by the flesh. But it says, even though your body may be dead because the effects of sin, his life giving spirit imparts to you life because you're fully accepted by God. God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you. He will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. So right now, just as we sing today, I just breathe life. I breathe life into places that we didn't know we even need to change. I breathe life into places that we didn't even know we'd establish something else. And we establish you as Lord and King. And we say today that come in, change anything you want. And show me any way you want to show me. I'm not going to get triggered. I'm not going to be resistant. I'm saying today, I'm asking today for you to come. I'm asking today for you to come and resurrect me. I'm asking for you today to come and change me. And if you change me, I will be forever changed. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.